Hi, and welcome to the Writing and Marketing Show brought to you by author Wendy H. Jones. This show does exactly what it says on the tin. It's jam-packed with interviews, advice, hints, tips and news to help you with the business of writing. It's all wrapped up in one lively podcast, so it's time to get on with the show. And welcome to episode 78 of the Writing and Marketing Show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. Today, I'm going to be talking to Penelope Swithenbank about um, writing books based uh, that would help people with grief. And this is a topic which often gets glossed over, so it was one that I wanted to cover today. Um, but before we do that, what's been happening in the world? Well, I did another book signing on Saturday, and it was very exciting, I have to say, to get out and about and meet people. And things are happening, and you should look for book signings and author events and book events, because they're happening again, and it would be great if you could support local authors. So I'm encouraging you to do that. Before we talk to Penelope, I would like to say that it's an absolute honour to bring you this show every week, and I do so willingly. It does take time out of my writing, though, so if you would like to support that time, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones, and you can do so for only $3 a month, which is less than the price of a cup of tea or coffee per month. And it will let me know that you like the show and you want me to continue doing it. And I will we'll keep doing it for till the 100th show and beyond, we'll say, uh, because I really am very much enjoying it and very much in, uh, enjoying meeting people. Crumbs, I'm tripping over my tongue today. I don't know what's going on, honestly. So what of Penelope? Penelope Swithenbank has a portfolio of experience which has helped to shape the way she now works as a self-employed retired person. I love that description. The portfolio arranges from being the franchiser businesswoman who created Bumps a Daisy, a national franchise to rent and sell maternity wear, to becoming ordained in the Church of England where she is now a chaplain at Bath Abbey. And along the way she has had three books published, been a rector in South Carolina, opened the US Senate in prayer, led pilgrimages in both the UK and Europe, and run a retreat house. Penelope loves walking and has just completed 150 miles in 13 days, walking from Winchester to Canterbury on the Pilgrim's Way. She is grandmother to six almost teenagers and says the grandchildren are so great she should have had them first. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. So... Penelope is a lovely, lovely lady and has many strings to her bow. So without further ado, let's get on with the show and hear from Penelope. And welcome, Penelope. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here with us on the Writing and Marketing Show. Thank you, Wendy. It's amazing to be here with you. I'm very grateful to have this opportunity. Thank you. Well, I really wanted to talk to you because there are so few people writing books uh, based on grief and it's something we shy away from and yet it's something that is very, very much needed, especially at the moment, I have to say, because there are more people grieving this year, I think, than many years. Yes, and we've got grief in the sense, of course, that many people have lost loved ones, but I think all of us are grieving for things we didn't even know we could lose. Absolutely. I think we're all grieving a cha- our, our lifestyles as were because everything has changed. So you've raised a good point, really. Um, and I'm sure we'll develop all sorts of things like that. 
uh, when we uh, when I open up the questions, which I haven't actually opened up. So you know, and I'm always I'm always admitting defeat on this podcast. You know, so uh, <laughs> in the meantime, while I'm opening up the questions, where are you in the where are you in the world, Penelope? I live just south of the city of Bath, which is our family home. Uh, my parents-in-law came from Bath, so we've retired back to Bath, and I'm a chaplain at Bath Abbey. Wow, a chaplain at Bath Abbey. That sounds very grand, I have to say. <laughs> You're the first chaplain from an abbey we've had here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, loitering with intent. So obviously there are lots of tourists who come in because it's a big historic building. And as well as praying on the hour every hour with public prayers, we also loiter with intent just to chat to people and be present for those who want prayer or want to share something. Excellent. Well, the next time I'm down in Bath, which I love, I'll pop in and pop into Bath Abbey and pray with you. So that would be great. Love to see you. Anyway, let's move on. And I've got my questions open now. My my listeners are used to me being absolutely hopeless. The guests are absolute one hundred percent professional, and I just bumble along the best I can. And oh, that makes do, it more interesting. <laughs> they do. They do the job really. So. You know, grief, we're going to talk about grief today and writing books about grief, but grief is a very personal process. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your journey and your book? Yes, um, grief is a journey, as you say, and also it's different for each of us. And I'm not in any way an expert uh, in the matter of grief, other than I've been through traumatic grief myself. I'm not sure that makes me an expert, but it means that I can empathize with those who are grieving. Uh, My mother was actually killed by an out-of-control car, and it was a horrific accident anyway, but I was actually standing beside her when it happened and so witnessed Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So it was a very traumatic accident and uh, death. And affected me in a profound way, as you can imagine. I mean, death is always traumatic, even if we're expecting it because somebody is seriously ill. It's still traumatic when it happens, particularly if we loved the person who's died. Um, somebody once said, didn't they, that grief is the price we pay for love. And if we've loved somebody, then there's going to be huge grief when they go. And so because I was uh, traumatized by the accident and what happened and what I witnessed and and losing my mother, um, I suffered from post-traumatic stress syndrome for a couple of years and lost my ability to read, which was really tough because reading was one of the things I've always done. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I couldn't read. I couldn't read books about grief. I couldn't read anything, including the Bible. So I wasn't getting any support or help in any way from anything I was reading because I couldn't remember what I was reading and I really wanted something that was very short and spoke into my situation and I couldn't find anything Mm -hmm. so a few years later I started writing it I suppose partly for myself as much as for other people and what it is is a a 25 25 26 sections of um Devotions under a theme, so the 25 or 26 different themes, and each of those sections has readings for Monday to Saturday. And there's a a little verse in scripture, maybe two sentences of a thought, and then a little prayer you can say. So that's the bulk of the book. At the beginning of the book, um, 
there's an introduction, but you don't have to read that. And there's also a section for those special days. So the day of the funeral, the day after the funeral, um, the first Christmas without the person who's mm. died, the first birthday, the first wedding anniversary, if that's appropriate, and so on. So there's a section on that. But then there are also wonderful photographs through the book. I didn't take them, so I can say that. <laughs> and, and sometimes just looking at a photograph uh, can really be helpful when it ties in with the whole theme. And then there are some uh, reflections and some poems I've written at the back as well and quotes from other places. Um, and then there's one short, one short little bit about what if the person who died, as far as we know, didn't believe in God? isn't a believer what then so it's quite a range of things and it's beautifully set out um my my publisher set it up in such a way that it's easy to read uh, dyslexic friendly and very clear so you're not overwhelmed with print it's not being yes. thrown at you too much print there's plenty of space so you can take a deep breath yeah yeah i know that all sarah grace uh, publishing um, books are dyslexic friendly so that's always a bonus you know yeah I mean we don't immediately if somebody dies think about write, writing a book about it you know um, but I know that writing can help you with all sorts of different emotions and grief really does rub our emotions raw and yeah. Honestly, as I say, the last thing we would think about is writing a book to help us deal with it. But how does the process of writing help us deal with our grief? It's an interesting question because I think actually the process of writing for many of us helps us with all sorts of different emotions. Yeah. So just the act of picking up a pen or a pencil and putting it onto paper and what comes out can actually help us to express whatever our emotion, whether it's grief or something else. Some of us will be writing, some of us might be doodling, some might be colouring, drawing, whatever. Mm. But I think that process of allowing the pen on the paper can be very powerful in helping to express the emotion we're going through, when we probably don't even know quite what we're thinking or feeling ourselves. Yeah. And there's something that helps by putting pen to paper it helps us to process and just pour it all out. And I remember um, in the early days, writing pages and pages and pages, because I like journaling and it, it's something that I find helpful. And I began to put things in boxes and I was putting exclamation marks or I was putting asterisks, um, just doing all sorts of things that helped me to realise what was important, what was really coming out. I found that very therapeutic. And I think a lot of people do, the pen to paper. Whatever comes out of the pen, whether you're writing or in any other way as well, it can help with the process. Yeah, it's it's somewhat cathartic, isn't it? Because you're getting yeah. it out of you and down somewhere yeah. safe, you know, because speaking to people can be really hard. Yes. But absolutely. writing it in a journal or writing it down on paper is is something that is private. So you're yes. getting it out of your, not out of your system, because you're not going to get over it in writing no. down one story. But you are getting it out there, but it's in a private place where other people won't condemn or judge. Yes, you know? absolutely. And allowing yourself the time to do that as well. Because it, it yeah. doesn't take two minutes. It takes a little bit longer than that for most of us. And to allow yourself the time to do that. Yes. No, good point. So... As, as I say, grief is personal, 
So the last thing we can do is prescribe the how-to of writing a book such as this. But can you tell us some of your thinking and process for the book? Hmm. Well, initially, as I said, I was writing it for myself, um, mm -hmm. looking back, as it were, two or three years later and thinking, well, this would be helpful. Maybe it's going to be helpful now. And then what I did actually was think, well, if it's helping me, maybe it would help somebody else. So I put it on my blog, on my website, and week by week published a little bit more and a little bit more. And as people's responses began to come in, this was helpful, this wasn't so helpful, that helped me to refine a little bit uh, as to how I was actually writing it. Mm. But the process itself was a long one. It wasn't something that happened quickly. So if I tell you the accident was actually in 2010, which is 11 years ago, yeah. it's taken me yeah, eight or nine years, I suppose, to actually write it and get it to the publishing stage. And of course, when I set out to write it, I wasn't intending it to be published. It hadn't come to my mind that I would do that. It was only when I was publishing something else with Sarah Grace and happened to mention this. And she said, oh, we've never done anything like that before. Let's let's have a look at it. Sarah is great because she realizes what is needed. She knows the market. Yes. You know, and yeah. because she knows the market, she knows that if something is needed or not. Yeah. You know, yeah. so she's not frightened to take bold steps. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and it was say, very helpful because we could meet over Zoom um, and talk it through. And she had these creative ideas. And just chatting with her, we came up with this idea of making a little gift book. And it's hardback and a gift book yeah, um, yeah. rather than just an ordinary paperback. The book is stunning. I have to say it's absolutely stunning. You know, so well done to both of you you've done a great job <laughs> yeah she's been great and uh and my son also had a little bit of input as well because he works in the same area so right okay so where would you say is the best place to start if someone was considering writing a book which will help others deal with their grief apart from the fact that you're going through the grieving process yourself mm. of course which is never recommended for anybody <laughs> no no I think acknowledging the fact that everybody's grief is different. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have to walk our own path of grief and we'll do that in different ways. And so it's not a question of one size fits all. Mine is very specifically written for a Christian market. Mm -hmm. uh, and if somebody were to say to me, would you give this to a non-believer or would you give this to somebody who has a totally different religion? Well, you could, but that's not who it was intended for. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only be honest and say this is intended for those who do have a Christian faith. Yeah, yeah. So who is your market? Who are you writing for? What type of grief are you writing for? And the other thing I think which is helpful is to talk to people about it. So I actually had um, five or six beta readers, people who read my manuscript, who had very different experiences of grief themselves. And some of them loved it and found it helpful. And some of them said, hasn't spoken to me at all. But that's fine because that's part of the fact that we all have our own journey of grief and different things appeal to different people. Yeah. No, you, you raise a valid point there because everybody's journey is different. You know, some people you wouldn't even know if they were grieving. And that's not saying they aren't. It's just mm. saying they don't display it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's their way of coping. Yeah. Others... 
tell the whole world and that's their way of coping you know absolutely and of course as a culture we're not actually very good at grieving I mean I got I don't know about you, but I can remember when I was a child, I can remember seeing men particularly, I can think, wearing a black armband. Yes. Because they were grieving and yeah. mourning for somebody yeah. who had died. And, of course, in years gone by, people wore black for a couple of years. Yeah. Whereas now we tend to, it's a generalisation, but people tend to say, well, the funeral's happened, now get on with your life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah you're right. Because, I mean, I went to a, I went to a, an exhibition on um it was about death and the, the way it was handled through the centuries and of course the victorians put everything in black they put black around their mirrors they put black on their windows and they really did express their grief um yeah. whereas you're right i think we've got away from that so i think this is why books like this are so necessary now mm-hmm. because we don't acknowledge our grief in a lot of ways mm. and you think in other cultures um people will actually sit with those who are grieving and they have um, periods of crying out loud together. They'll have food (laughs) day after day after day. Think in the Old Testament of Job, his friends just sat with him for seven days. They then went on to talk a whole load of rubbish. (laughs) But prior to that, they were actually sitting with him Mm -hmm. and acknowledging his grief and sharing in it with him. And I don't think we're very good at doing that these days. No, Just being all. with people to allow them to grieve. Yeah, no, not at all. We're not, we're not good at that at all. You know. So maybe writing is a way of sitting with someone. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. It is, yes. Now, you've already said this. Um, you, you're a Christian. And faith is a large part of your book. How do you think adding a faith element to a book such as this can help not only writers, but readers? Well, I pray that it does. Um, I'm, I, as I say, I was writing for Christians who have lost a loved one. I do hope that it will reach out and help other people too, but that wasn't my target audience. And, of course, therefore, I've narrowed my audience down considerably to say that it is for Christians. Uh, But I think um, in, in expressing our faith, we are both fulfilling the Great Commission where Jesus said, go into all the world and tell Mm-hmm. tell people well this is one way of doing it I'm not an evangelist I can't go out and stand on a street corner I'm not Jade John or you know one of these uh, Billy Graham or whatever yes but I can perhaps in my own little way write something which will go out there yeah so I think adding a faith element is one way of of expressing our faith to others even if we're not very good at doing that publicly yeah. But it's yeah. also sharing what's been important for us and saying, this has made a difference to me. This is the difference my faith makes to me. And maybe it might help you if you understand that a little bit. Yeah. That makes sense? Yes, it makes a great deal of sense. You know, if you have a faith, being able to read um, a book like that, which contains your faith, is is comforting. You know, and it's soothing yeah. and it can help you realise that you're not you're not standing alone. Because I think part of the grief process is you feel you're on your own and that no one else is going through it. You could have 20 brothers and sisters all going through the same thing. Mm. They don't feel what you feel because it's so individual. So individual. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yes. 
And it takes time to learn to live with it as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you do have to learn to live with it and you need time for that. Um, I'm curious, what did you find was the hardest part of writing this book? I mean, initially going through the whole grief process and in writing it, it it was almost as if I was going through it again. And it was bringing them back. So though it was helping me in expressing, it was also difficult because it took me back to where I had been. And so that was difficult to keep going through it. Just purely practically, the difficult bit was, um, and I'm sure a lot of people writing may, may agree with this, I hate rewriting and I loathe editing. <laughs> and, you know, every time the publisher sends it back and says, we've corrected everything, can you go through and just check that we really have? I think, oh, no, I've done this once. I really don't want to have to do it again. Yes. I hate rewriting and I loathe editing. Other people seem to enjoy editing and getting it correct and exactly how they want. Yeah, yeah. I find that really hard. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine, yes. Obviously, editing, you know, a lot of people feel that, you know, editing is the seventh circle of hell, you know. (laughs) And, of course, I've got um, a lot of quotations and scripture, so biblical quotations, which come with a verse, a chapter and a verse. And so you've got to check that every number is correct. So every every time you mention, you know, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you've got to check that that is that verse with those numbers. And I have dyscalculia. Mean, numbers mean absolutely nothing to me. Oh, no. Cannot, cannot get to grips with numbers at all. Um, can't remember phone numbers, anything like that. And so having to check these numbers is a nightmare. Now, I can remember where on the page the verse comes, and I can see it absolutely printed out. I can spell it. I can say it. I've got a photographic memory for words, yeah. but numbers, <laughs> it's just a nightmare. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that, yeah. So what three tips would you give to anyone considering writing a book which encompasses grief? It's a very interesting thought what would I tell them I think first of all to remind yourself that actually writing about grief can be quite draining quite tiring because you're probably only writing about grief if you've been through it yourself maybe not but I suspect most of the time people will be writing about grief because they've been through um, a grief themselves and so be kind to yourself because it is going to be tiring you're living through it again I think secondly, to acknowledge that everybody's grief is different. Yes, you have yours and you've learnt as you've been through it. But to remember that we each have our own different journey to walk. And then thirdly, um, and again, I mentioned this a little little while ago, but to uh, have some beta readers who have different grief journeys Mm. and to take their advice and get them to read it and and to tell you what has been helpful and what hasn't been. Yeah, they're excellent tips. Now, just, you know, all um, interviews have to come to an end at some point. So my final question, which is the same for everyone, is where can my listeners find out more about you and buy your books? Well, that's very kind. I mean, books should, I think, should be bought from good local independent booksellers. So go to your bookseller and get it from your bookseller. However, if you would like a signed copy you can get them through my website, which is my full name, PenelopeSwithenBank.com. And just go there and, and uh, it'll tell you how to order a book and I can send you a signed copy. 
But of course, if you want an ebook, if you want it on a Kindle, then you need to go to um, Amazon. Amazon. Hey, listen. That. <laughs> all right. We don't mind you mentioning Amazon here as long as you mention bookstores <laughs> as well. Uh, people have choices. That's what it's about. Yeah, you know, absolutely. people choose where they want to read, and it just needs to be available everywhere. So that's marvelous. Well, thank you very much, Penelope. This has been amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And I hope if people are going to be writing about grief, you and I find out about it too, because anything is helpful, isn't it? Yes, it really is. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you for sharing your journey. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. And you, Wendy. Bye. Bye. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me at wendyhjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon where you can support me for as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee. You go to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week and keep writing, keep reading and keep learning.